Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. On today's show, I'm speaking with Wilson Lin, who founded and leads Cyber NYC. Wilson works for the New York City Economic Development Corporation, leading New York City's initiatives to strengthen the entrepreneurial tech innovation ecosystems. He is a Kaufman Fellow, which if you recall from one of our previous episodes, it's basically the Hall of Fame for the up-and-coming venture capitalists. And we met together judging a startup competition a few months back. Wilson is spearheading Cyber NYC, which is a major investment to strengthen the cybersecurity innovation and investment ecosystem here in New York City and create thousands of jobs. We're going to talk about the intersection of government, venture capital, and startups. So let's get after it. Wilson, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Fred. It's really a pleasure to be on here. So can you explain what the New York City Economic Development Corporation is and and maybe introduce us to Cyber NYC? Sure, happy to. So the New York City Economic Development Corporation, some folks may know it as NYCEDC. We are essentially the city's arm for economic development and growth. And really what that means, though, is going beyond just thinking about the economy and also really thinking about our neighborhoods and the people that live in them. You know, especially just given all that has happened recently, it's so important for EDC to continue its focus and its work on making our neighborhoods and our economy stronger and also more inclusive. So it's really much more than just the bottom line. It's about the impact we can make on everyday folks. And what that means for us, practically speaking, is finding ways to invest in supporting job growth, industry growth, and the communities that will really support and drive the economic future so that we can ensure that New York City is stronger, it's more resilient, it's safer, and certainly we want it to be more equitable and reflect the diversity that we have here in the city. So I'm very fortunate to be able to focus on a couple of areas, and that includes thinking about the workforce of the future. You know, no doubt COVID has had tremendous effects on city employment and in particular for, you know, certain segments of our population that is really core to the fabric of the city. And so we're really thinking a lot about how do we create more workforce development opportunities. And another area is advancing the growth of startups as well as established companies so that we ensure that the city remains in a leading position and keeps its competitive edge. So bringing those together, as you mentioned, I've been fortunate to be able to found and lead Cyber NYC, and it is oriented around those two themes. It's about creating the cyber workforce of the future, and we get to work with industry and academia and other training institutions to rethink and reskill how cybersecurity is taught to individuals. And then we also get to work on what we call catalyzing the next billion dollar company in New York City. And that means working with 
startups, working with VCs, working with corporate innovation firms, and making New York City a place where entrepreneurs can really thrive. So that's the gist of it. Of course, there's a lot of additional work that's being done within those themes, but really it's about making sure that we as a city continue to lead in cybersecurity and create good jobs. So you mentioned your background a little bit and you were at IBM, UBS, Deloitte. How did you end up working for the government spearheading startup partnerships? Like, Can you take us through that path a little bit? Yeah, of course. I think you know, part of it is, you know, thinking about work in a way that goes beyond just just work or just profession. I think a lot of this comes from my upbringing. So I was, you know, I grew up in an Asian immigrant family and both of my parents came from very humble backgrounds. Both, you know, came to the U.S. and studied computer science and eventually both worked at Bell Labs. But a huge part of who they were and the way that they you know, values that they instilled in me was, of course, that life is never just about yourself. It's it's about family, it's about community, and it's very much about giving back and finding ways to, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And so growing up, you know, no doubt school was a huge part of life, but, you know, so was volunteering. And so I spent time volunteering in Newark uh, when I went off to college in Philadelphia a core part of my experience there was, you know, mentoring and tutoring youth in, in Philadelphia. So I've always cared deeply about doing excellent work on one hand, but also serving a greater good. And I think one of the amazing things about joining a place like the EDC is it allowed me in a very tangible way to bring those passions together. It's a place and the projects I've been able to work on where we can bring together what is hopefully the best of government and fuse it with the energy of startups, the insights and support and guidance and capital of VCs, the reach and influence of corporates, academia, philanthropy, and more. And really it was about trying to find ways to create an even greater impact than we would be able to do otherwise. So that's really the heart of it. It's being able to find a way to take what, you know, I feel like I've been very blessed and fortunate and to be able to work and do something that is, you know, goes beyond just myself and find a way to serve a greater good. I'd love it. So you mentioned something that, you know, I was really excited to think and talk to you about, and that is how COVID is impacting your work at the NYC EDC. And maybe on a, a follow-up question is, is how you guys are responding to this need to create greater access and diversity. Because obviously those are two areas that are at the forefront of everyone's mind, given what's happening in the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when COVID hit, EDC took the lead in pivoting a lot of its resources to really address the COVID situation, especially as New York City became very much the epicenter of the pandemic. And, you know, you'll see that a lot of people turned their focus into sourcing PPE into doing advanced manufacturing for ventilators to creating additional testing capacity. So really EDC was hands-on in so many different aspects of the COVID response, taking advantage of the relationships that we had already established with garment manufacturers, with other advanced manufacturing companies and spaces with folks in our life sciences network. And so I think that shows the agility of our organization and also its ability to step into 
a new and daunting situation, but to be able to really deliver. I think following the immediate needs, you know, of course, we're continuing to think about how can EDC and the city play a leading role in supporting life sciences and, you know, research in infectious diseases. So we want to continue to do that work in supporting early stage research and founders that are looking to, you know, be able to make the city healthier and also have more breakthroughs ensuring greater public health. So I'd say that's sort of an area. Small businesses have been, you know, significantly hurt uh, during this time. And, you know, one of the things that we are actively working on is thinking about small business recovery. What does it look like for the city to rebound and perhaps also using it as an opportunity to modernize a lot of its small businesses? So what we're looking to do is create a platform where, you know, small businesses can connect with resources that are provided by startups or by larger corporates, whatever it may be, but really focused on enabling small businesses to have the resources it needs for the future economy. And then maybe the last thing I'll mention is venture capital and entrepreneurship plays such an influential role for society and certainly New York City. So a critical thing that we're looking at is how to increase diversity within New York City venture capital and within entrepreneurship. It's going to be important for us as a city to not diversity just for diversity's sake, but because we fundamentally believe that it is a core strength of the city. And we want that to be reflected throughout all of its industries and certainly within VC and certainly within the startup community. I think it's super important, right? One of the things that New York City is known for is its diversity, that it is the the melting pot of the world. And I feel like the innovation ecosystem should reflect that and, and, and needs to be better than it is. So I love that you guys are spending time thinking about that. Can you talk to me a little bit about why it is important for New York City to support the innovation ecosystem? A lot of people, when you think, you know, VC, startups, you don't think government. So just curious your your perspective on why this is important to New York. Yeah, absolutely. I think probably a couple things. One is, you know, certainly New York City, so at least previously had a reputation, you know, for its anchor industries in media advertising, fashion, and of course, financial services. And, you know, many folks perhaps would characterize that the innovation was really happening out West. And I think to a degree, you know, that was true. I think if you simply look at the startups and where the venture funding was going previously, that was true. I think more recently, however, you've seen the growth of the startup community in New York City. And I think a lot of that is in response to the challenges it has faced. FinTech, for example, has really thrived. And much of that was following the financial crisis that we faced, you know, 10 plus years ago. I think that highlighted a couple of things about New York. One is when there's a huge challenge, whether it's a financial crisis or a pandemic, and there's something that looks like an apparent setback. I think the way the city responds and its people respond is to innovate and to grow and to find solutions. And so New York City, you know, us as a city supporting innovation is, you know, not innovation for innovation's sake. And it's not even really about competing with Silicon Valley. It's about New York City being a city that responds to 
the major challenges of the world. And I think we did that in response to the financial crisis. I think we've done that in response to environmental resiliency after Superstorm Sandy. And we're going to do that in response to COVID. And even though there hasn't been a similar, I'd say, catastrophic situation in cybersecurity, I think we've seen far too many mega breaches. And we know how much is at risk, uh, whether that comes to elections, whether that comes to you know personal data, or perhaps there have been so many big situations that we've almost grown callous to it. Uh, but it continues to be a major, major societal issue that has not only societal impacts, but of course, economic impacts. And so that's why we've supported the cybersecurity industry. So again, all that to simply say, you know, supporting the New York City ecosystem certainly is about, in part, the supporting the growth of the economy, but it's really about, you know, New York City being a city where we support entrepreneurs that solve some of the world's biggest challenges. Yeah. I mean, I think what's funny is innovation usually comes from either seeing a opportunity that you don't think other people see, or I think more frequently comes from a challenge, something that you don't like in the world, something that's bothering you. And it's a very New York, right? Stereotypical New York reaction to be like, all right, let's fix it. Like, let's go. Like we don't sit and kind of, you know, cry over spilt milk around here. I always think of New York as like the the perfect attitude for an entrepreneur. Can you talk a little bit about why New York City has decided cyber is an area that they want to dive into and maybe some of the companies that that you're looking at that you're excited about or want to brag about? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I think for EDC, for our agency diving into cyber, I think there was a few pieces that really came together. One is certainly, you know, something that I alluded to before, which is, you know, our agency and the way that we think about our work, it's really about solving really big challenges. And cybersecurity has been and will continue to be a major societal challenge and a major business challenge. So I think in terms of sort of the scope of work, it's certainly merited a major investment. I think related to that is the opportunity in supporting the talent pipeline. Cybersecurity is one of the industries where there is, you know, there are very significant uh, talent pipeline gap. There are not nearly enough people who are trained and equipped to be able to fill all the roles that are needed. Uh, And that problem is going to persist for the foreseeable future. We here in the city, we've got incredible academic institutions. We've got an enormous student population and cybersecurity is an industry where there are opportunities to enter at various points in one's career. Uh, It doesn't absolutely require a PhD from a top engineering school. Of course, there are roles for that, but there are certainly roles that, you know, folks who given the right training, given the right support and network can succeed in that doesn't require, you know, very significant higher education at a high cost. So we saw there was tremendous potential there to support the talent pipeline. And then finally, we saw that New York City, you know, with its financial services firms, you know, we're one of the largest consumers and users of cybersecurity services and technologies. There's a huge customer base that is here in the city. There's more Fortune 500 companies in New York City than any other U.S. city. 
And so as we dove into the cybersecurity ecosystem and spoke with startups and spoke with other leaders, we saw that there was a lot of movement in startups wanting to open up an office in New York City or to relocate in New York City. And a lot of that is because the customer base is here. And that intersection of the startups and the corporates and the VCs, it creates an environment where there can and there will be a tremendous amount of innovation taking place. I think it's super interesting because obviously that's the intersection that Venture Fuel sits at is, is the VC corporate startup triangle, if you will. I think one thing that you alluded to that I would say is the, the fourth spoke in that wheel is the university ecosystem. You certainly see that on the West Coast with some of their schools. You see it up in Boston with their schools, but like New York, you know, you've got Columbia, NYU, but you have all the state schools as well. Uh, and sort of all different, just like the people, right? It's an incredibly diverse set of schools and skill sets. Can you talk a little bit about how you all partner with some of the, the New York academic institutions to help foster what's coming next? Yes, absolutely. You know, on the thread that we're just discussing on innovation and new technology development, you know, we partner with Columbia Technology Ventures, the tech transfer arm of Columbia University. And certainly they do, you know, much more than a traditional tech transfer office. They have a number of accelerators called lab to market accelerators. And to simplify, it's really about taking some of the cutting edge research that is being done in universities and finding a way to bring it to life in the form of a startup or commercialization otherwise. So we partnered with Columbia to do one in cybersecurity and we're able to you know, connect these very early stage startups with mentors, with resources, with access to other VCs. And it's really about nurturing homegrown innovation. You know, I think one of the things we've seen is, at least in cybersecurity, is that for sure there has been innovation taking place right here in the city. That said, we've also seen tremendous amount of innovation in places like Israel and Boston and, of course, Silicon Valley. And we felt that New York City perhaps was punching below its weight and we could do more. So we did more by partnering with Columbia. With the other academic institutions, much of it was about rethinking how we teach and train people in cybersecurity. You know, cyber is such a dynamic field and it takes direct engagement, I think, with recent or you know, live cybersecurity problems to really understand the complexity of the problems that corporates and other businesses uh, or even nonprofits face. So our work with the academic institutions certainly is in driving new innovation. In terms of technologies, uh, but it's also innovation in how we teach and train folks in cybersecurity. Very cool. One of the questions that I frequently ask our guests is, is why startups? Like, what is the advantage of working with and empowering early stage businesses from your perspective? Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, building off of what I was saying earlier in terms of, you know, rethinking how we train and teach folks in cybersecurity, you know, one of our collaborators and partners in developing a cybersecurity bootcamp as a company called Full Stack Academy. They are New York City based. They came out of YC. And one of the things that has been great about working with them is how agile and nimble they are. They take a very you know, data-driven 
approach to helping shape what it is that they teach. They're able to get quick feedback from employers and other corporates on the curriculum and on the students, and then be able to iterate and improve very quickly. I've been you know, shocked and impressed at the work that they're able to do. And so I think you know, that's just one example in collaborating with, with a startup that has been you know, very successful in their field of work to be able to you know, reshape and rethink how folks in New York City are trained and taught. And you know, they've been able to develop you know, one of the very first cybersecurity boot camps that have shown a lot of success and traction. You know, I think broadly speaking, you know, working with startups, you know, a number of different aspects. One is it could address a very particular pain point. And so there's no doubt a tactical aspect to it. But I think perhaps possibly more importantly is the way that it could, it could potentially influence the way a corporate thinks and approaches innovation. When I was working in consulting, you know, with IBM and Deloitte and uh, working with large corporates, I think, frankly, you saw a mix of an appetite for innovation. You know, some were eager for it and others were certainly less eager or perhaps resistant to it. I think that's certainly changed uh, or evolved over the past 10 years or so. But I think one of the great things about a startup is that it can breathe sort of more innovative life into a larger corporate. And so that it's not just innovation for innovation's sake but it can help shape a new way of thinking or a new way of approaching and attacking problems. Quick insight. Wilson touches on two fundamental advantages of working with startups. One is new value creation. Startups create jobs, new revenue streams, and new opportunities. The second is disruption insurance. If the in-person fitness industry had partnered with startups like Peloton or Mirror, they would have insurance in the form of different revenue streams that could have protected them against the unexpected. Love that. I mean, I think you nailed so many different things. You know, the, the reason to work with startups, right? Agile, fast, sort of different perspective. And then, you know, one of the sometimes unknown byproducts of it is this innovation mindset that sort of takes hold at you know the larger company. When you start working with startups, you start to think like a founder. You start moving a little quicker and thinking of of different angles and different ways to approach things. And uh, I think it just it sort of just shakes shakes the tree a little bit and, and awakens the creativity and in, in, in some of the employees that maybe have been working at large companies for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think that's why I'm excited about the work we're doing in New York City. I think it really is such an incredible opportunity to have, you know, strong VCs, strong startups, and established corporates that have, you know, existing reach and scale and influence. And I think, you know, that's why I'm so bullish on continuing public-private partnerships to support that type of collaboration. Love that. One of the things we were talking about right before we started recording is both of us are fortunate that we get to see lots of new technologies, new innovations, new startups, as well as seeing what the larger companies are doing. And that sort of opens our aperture, right? We get to see lots of things from different angles. So what are you most excited about? Is there a new tech that people aren't talking about yet that we should be? What's kind of making you jump out of bed in the morning? You know, I mean, I think certainly, you know, the things that I mentioned before are, you know, just so critically important, continuing the work in cyber, continuing the work in life sciences, uh, supporting greater diversity. And I think perhaps taking a bit of a break from those areas, you know, another exciting 
area that I've been you know diving deeply into is the sports, fitness, wellness world. You know, New York. Many people don't know this, but New York City, you know, globally is the leading city for sports tech VC investment. And New York City has always been a sports city. Uh, it's core to the city culture. It's core to our societal fabric. I think it has tremendous power in bringing people together. But also, you know, we've seen the Peloton IPO. There, you know, a New York City-based uh, company, Mirror, another New York City-based company. Uh, recently was acquired for, I believe, $500 million by Lululemon. And there's a ton more that's going on. There's a lot of interesting innovation happening in the fitness world. And, you know, I think given the you know societal context that we have now, you know, it goes beyond just the physical and also the mental. You know, how do we think about mental wellness and, you know, ensuring that people are not just physically fit, but being able to be mentally and emotionally resilient but also to get the care that they need. I'm very bullish on the future of sports, fitness, wellness, nutrition. I think, you know, for many folks, New York City doesn't, you know, come to mind when they think about those spaces, but we are a leader. We can continue to lead in a lot of realms. And I think, you know, one thing that has been uh, really interesting is, you know, you see this dichotomy within the fitness space. Uh, there have been a number of bankruptcies of sports and fitness and gym chains that have been previously household names. Then at the same time, there have been a number of some pretty big venture rounds uh, going to, you know, at-home fitness startups uh, and companies that support them. So, you know, to our discussion earlier about what is the value of bringing in innovation, you know, I think this is a perfect example. It's, you know, we don't want any of our industries to you know, be fragile in the midst of change. And I think working with startups and engaging startups, you know, helps ensure that the disruption that a company sees or, or that an industry sees is one that you want. And that is one that really progresses and pushes things forward. So yeah, I'm, I'm very bullish and excited about the future of, of sports, wellness, fitness, and think that New York City is a tremendous place for it. I'd love it. Yeah. We, uh, I, I had some background in the fitness space and it's really interesting to see all the things that are happening, both with the at-home tech, right? How that's evolving, the physical challenges of owning a gym. And it's, you know, you start to think of if some of those companies were innovating ahead of time, did that provide them with more security when this sort of unforeseen event happens? So it's fascinating. We also just were looking at some uh, elder care, uh, speaking of like health and wellness extending into different parts, but, you know, how people can stay at home longer. Uh, as as they age uh, and and be comfortable and safe, so I, I think there's a lot going on, and, and New York is always at the forefront, which is what's exciting. So Wilson, where can people learn more about you and the work you're doing at Cyber NYC or at NYC EDC? Yeah, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, and uh, just find me there. That's probably the best place to get in touch, and happy to get connected to folks. Awesome, well, Wilson. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Fred. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share it, or send us a note at VentureFuel on LinkedIn. On our next episode, we are disrupting the used car industry with Shift CEO and founder, George Harrison. Until next time.